0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to John, to you, Lord Christ. When it was evening of the day of the resurrection, the first day of the week, Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. BUT THESE ARE WRITTEN SO THAT YOU MAY COME TO BELIEVE THAT JESUS IS THE MESSIAH, THE SON OF GOD, AND THAT THROUGH BELIEVING, YOU MAY HAVE LIFE IN HIS NAME. THE GOSPEL OF THE LORD TO YOU, LORD CHRIST.
1: MAY THE WORDS OF MY MOUTH AND THE MEDITATIONS OF ALL OUR HEARTS BE ACCEPTABLE IN THY SIGHT, O LORD, OUR STRENGTH AND OUR REDEEMER. Amen. Poor Thomas. Poor Thomas. He is the only one who has a negative adjective that is connected to his name. Now, Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter went back to go f- going to fish rather than sticking around in Jerusalem. And nobody ever says, oh, Peter the denier. Even Judas, the one who sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, no one calls Judas, Judas the sellout. But here is Thomas, 2,000 years later, one incident in the upper room, he says, I have to see in order to believe, and he is stuck with the name Doubting Thomas. Thomas was not with the disciples on the day of the resurrection gathered in the upper room. We don't know why he was not there. We are just told in John's Gospel that he is not with the other disciples when they are sharing the experiences of the empty tomb. He is not with them when Jesus comes into their midst and says, Peace be with you. And so when they tell Thomas, Thomas, you won't believe the most amazing thing happened. Thomas says, unless I see and touch the wounds, I will not believe. St. Gregory, reflecting and writing about Thomas doubting Thomas, says that doubting Thomas does more to help us to believe than the faith of the disciples who believed. Because I think if we're honest with ourselves for just a moment, we would all admit that we have had those times in which we doubt and we question and we wonder and we are unsure about our faith. Thomas's life mirrors our own faith life. Sometimes our struggles and doubts are fleeting and other times they last a while. And the Christian mystical traditions... Saints like St. John of the Cross, Julian of Norwich, Hildegard, and Bernard of Clairvaux, they saw doubt and they saw questions as a gift. Then in the absence of conviction, we actually become aware of our desire and hunger for God. Sort of like maybe those times in which you sit there and go, boy, I could sure go for a dipped cone from Dairy Queen, and you go to your freezer and realizes you don't have that, and so then suddenly it becomes like this irresistible desire that you go at any hour of the day to go and fill that thing that you want. So sometimes the very recognition that we are hungry from God in the midst of our doubts is in fact a place of belief and a gift from God. Sometimes, like St. Augustine, our hearts are restless and wandering until they rest with God, or as that great hymn says, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, oh, take and seal it with the Spirit from above. Rowan Williams says that the problem with spiritual belief in the modern age is that spiritual hunger is often tried to be filled with voyeurism of spirituality. Here's what he means. He says, if you sit there and go, boy, I'm hungry. And so what you do is you go down to the local restaurant, can't do it right now, but you go down to the local restaurant, you peer into the window, and you watch somebody else eating, and you sit there and you say, well, I'm watching somebody else eat, why am I not getting full myself? Rowan Williams says that too often, that's what we do in our own spiritual lives. We watch other people pray, we watch other people believe, and we wonder why we ourselves don't do it. Andrew Root, in his book, Faith Formation in a Secular Age, says that our culture has become consumed with this idea and notion of authenticity that authenticity is the highest goal in American society in Western society. And he says that it is defined primarily with two ideas or objectives. One is the fetishization of youth. Anything that we feel like would make us younger are things that we feel are authentic or real. And two, Authentic experiences are things that we can feel and experience and describe. So we live in a program culture, and as a culture we have been told that something is authentic on the basis of whether we feel or experiencing the thing that we are consuming. So you can immediately see the problem and the crisis if you are somebody who is in the midst of suffering from doubt or questions about your faith. Because sometimes it is the very lack of experience that causes us to have this deep-seated doubt, questions, and fear. And all then it becomes a, a, a twirling uh, a, a thing that just keeps growing and growing like a snowball effect where suddenly we feel like we have no place to belong or to believe. The religious culture here in Oklahoma that we are a part of sort of accentuates this problem even more because in so many cases we grew up in faith traditions that said that if you, if your prayer request was not answered, if the healing did not come, if the job promotion you had prayed about did not occur, it is because you did not have enough faith. And so suddenly faith is something that is connected to outcomes and it's something connected to feelings. And if those things aren't working, suddenly we have a spiritual crisis. I oftentimes run into people who are feeling this crisis, and they know that the religious tradition of outcomes and feeling does not work for them, but they have no other language or uh, no other experience in which to describe what faith should be like. So, at best, it leads to an existential crisis. Who are we? Do we belong? Does our life have any meaning at all and at worst it makes us narcissists when faith becomes something that is solely about us, our desires, our wants, and our needs. And faith is no different than the blue jeans that we go and we buy and we wonder whether this is an authentic thing to us. The tragedy about faith is, is faith is not like a workout class, right? I go to my CrossFit, which I don't do CrossFit because I would injure myself in about five seconds, but you go to a CrossFit class and you start working out and you have measurable results, right? Suddenly, your clothes fit a little bit better. Suddenly, you notice when you look into the mirror that your face looks a little bit skinnier, but we do not have any ability to say, wow, Last month's, I was three steps lower on the spiritual rung. Look how much I have climbed. Because faith is not something that we can see. As Deacon Bill has often said, that faith is his favorite word. And faith in the Bible has said, believing that you can't see. Faith is simply, <coughs> is simply a gift. Faith is not something that we do. Faith is not a class that we can sign up for, and at the completion of it, we receive a certificate that says, Wow, now I have faith. Now, this doesn't come to surprise for those of you who are watching this virtually, but I am overweight. Now, do you know why I'm overweight? Sure, the simple answer is, is I consume more calories than I expend. But the real reason that I am overweight is because I don't stick to anything. One week I'm doing low-carb, the next week I'm doing high-protein, the next week I'm doing uh, keto, the next week I'm doing vegan. Actually, I've never done vegan, so that's a lie. One week I'm going to boxing classes, the next week I'm doing weightlifting, the next week, oh man, I'm going to do the Couch to 5K program. I'm always looking for the next thing rather than settling into something and allowing that way of living to become part of who I am. Several months ago, I listened to a podcast in which the uh, podcast host said, quit being a tourist in your life. And what he meant by that is, is that so often in our lives, we simply go from thing to thing and we never stay at anything. We live for experience to experience and we never settle down. We just look for the next exciting thing, the thing that we think is authentic. Sometimes the only thing we can do in a faith life is to fake it at, until we make it, as they say. There are times in which I have lived my own seasons of doubt and wonder and of questions. That does not mean that my standing before God is diminished at all. Jesus does not see Thomas's doubts and slap him down. Rather, Jesus meets Thomas in his doubts, meets Thomas in his questions, and joins him in those places. Jesus also does not leave us in our own doubt. Now, unlike the gospel story that we heard today, it may not be a week, right? Sunday of the resurrection, Thomas is not there. The people tell him about it. He goes, boy, I need to see this. And the next Sunday, Jesus shows up to him. and He goes, wow, I believe my Lord and my God, which is this amazing proclamation of who Jesus is. Some of us may go for days or weeks or months or even years living in the questions of our doubt, but the one thing that we know and we are convinced about is is that God does not leave us, that God is always there. It's like that Footprints in the Sand poem that um, we often see, and we look back and we say, but where where were you in those moments, and we find that it is God who is carrying us, we just don't always recognize it and know it. Jesus does not fix the source of our doubt, but Jesus gives us the peace which surpasses all human understanding. We are told that the reason for this telling of the story of John's gospel, we find in this line, that these things are written, so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing in him, you may have life in his name. This is God's desire for us, and it doesn't come the same way for all people. But God comes to us always. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org and peace be with you.